Exodus chapter 15 in verse 26. So the children of Israel had come out of Egypt. They were at the waters of Marah, you know, through this whole story. And so here God speaks, and it says, and said to them, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments. New Testament believer, if you'll give ear to his word, right? It says here, and keep all of his statutes. In other words, if you'll just keep his word, But God said to them, he says, I will put. This phrase, put, in the the verb tenses, there's two Hebrew verb tenses. This was translated in the causative sense. So that's why it reads in English, I will put none of the diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians. So you read that in English and you think, okay, so God actually is putting diseases on people? Right? I'm going to put, if you don't do what I say, the other end of this is if you don't do what I say, I'm going to put all these diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. But when you read that, you go, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like God at all. But if you realize the Hebrew tense that it was translated in should have been translated in the causative, in, or in, in the permissive tense. In the permissive tense, in the literal Hebrew language, it says, I will allow none of these diseases upon thee, which I have allowed and permitted upon the Egyptians. Why? For I am. Now, whenever you see this, God is the great I am. So this is a redemptive name of God. I am the Lord that healeth thee. In the Hebrew language it would read, for I am Jehovah Rapha. Right? He reveals himself, listen, if you'll do what I say, I will not allow the diseases that I allowed on the Egyptians to come upon you. Why? Because I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now, Dr. Young was, was literally a Hebrew and a Greek scholar. So Young's literal translation is wonderful. It reads real different because... See, like the King James Version, it's a transliteration. It's a word-for-word translation. And and just, there's some words in English and some phrases in English. It it takes more English words to try to figure out what it's saying in the Hebrew or the Greek, right? So I love in Young's literal translation of this, it says, for I, Jehovah, am healing you. And the minute you read that, you're like, ooh, that sounds a lot like Romans 8.11. That with the same power that God rose Jesus from the dead with, 
the Holy Spirit with that same power is quickening your mortal body. That means to heal, to make whole, right? And and, and he's restoring your mortal body. I, for I, Jehovah, am healing you. Wow. See, Dr. Young is the Hebrew scholar that talked about the tenses. So many times when you see God smiting people, you got to ask yourself, is God really doing that or is he allowing that? And so many times if you do a little research, you could see, oh, that Greek verb is in, in the permissive tense. He's permitting it. Well, would God permit it? Yeah, he has to permit what you permit. So this is interesting, for I am the Lord that healeth you. You know, there's other redemptive names, right? Jehovah Raha, for I am the Lord, your shepherd. Right? There's, there's different ones. So he says here, if you'll diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, If you'll do that which is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, keep all his statutes, I'm not going to allow the sickness and disease that I had to allow on the Egyptians to come upon you because I'm the Lord that healeth you. Wow. Jehovah Jireh is another redemptive name. Now what does the word Jehovah mean? Jehovah, the self-existent eternal one i am jehovah jireh i'm the god that goes before you and provides right that's another redemptive name it's in the same class as jehovah rapha this is amazing so is god still your provider today would you say that or do you think that's passed away do you think we could change that is God still our shepherd? Yes. Yeah, we can't, we can't change that. So why would we think that we would change Jehovah Rapha? Right? What's another one? I love this one, Jehovah Nisi. He is the Lord, our banner, or he is the Lord, our victory. Hmm. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says he always gives you the victory. Why? Because he's Jehovah Nisi. That did not pass away. It's still going on today. Right? I bet Phineas might know this one, Jehovah Shama, right? Her mom pastored a church by the name of Jehovah, Jehovah Shama, right? God is our ever-present help. In our time of need. Hmm. Did that pass away? No, 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 no. That's a redemptive name of God. God never, ever, ever changes. Wow. What about Jehovah Shalom or Shalom? He is still the Lord, our peace, right? I love that. We talk about this just a little bit. What about Jehovah Sidkenu? Wow, he is the Lord, our righteousness. I'm here to tell you tonight that he is still Jehovah Rapha. 
you got to know that. He is the Lord that is healing you. You need to walk every moment of every day conscious of that and not put up with sickness or disease. Well, I'm getting older, so what? Right? So when you get older, you, you need to have knees that don't work? No? No, you need your knees to work, don't you? Yeah, yeah. God wants you strong. He wants you healthy. He wants you to walk in these blessings. He is the self-existent, eternal one. Wow, I love that. Do you know Jehovah Rapha? The word Rapha means to heal. It means to cure. This is the word, part of this Hebrew word that keeps coming out of my, it's been coming out of my heart all through worship. He is the Lord who mends you. He mends you. He's a mender, right? He'll mend you. He cures you. He heals you. You could translate this, I am the Lord, your physician. Have you ever went to a, a doctor's office and they're like, well, who's your primary care? Well, my primary care is Jehovah Rapha. Right? And they'll be like, well, he doesn't, he's not here. Yeah, no, I, I, see, I see a lady or a guy here. But, you know, my primary physician is Jehovah Rapha. Right? Thank God for doctors. Well, we're so thankful for doctors. Many times they could keep us alive long enough to get in faith. Right? This is huge. It's huge. He is the Lord that heals you. Now, what's amazing is why would we think, you know, like, like if you talk to Christians today and go, do you think there might be any possibility that when you call on the name of the Lord that, you know, well, he saves some and not others? We're pretty strong in that. We're like, no, 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 I'm saved. I'm, I'm, I'm going to heaven. I'm his child. But the healing thing, we have problems. Well, there's a reason why. Because about three centuries ago, something that's not biblical started being taught. And we've been hearing of how that we're lowly worms and how that God, his ways are higher than our ways, which is true. But you got to keep reading. He reveals those ways to us. It's not that, well, his ways are higher and I just don't know his ways. And maybe God uses some of these things to teach me. Well, that's not Bible because God uses his word to teach us. That's very clearly spelled out. We realize, I mean, think about you come to this church. You hear all the time how God's a healer, right? But you know a lot of your brothers and sisters don't hear this much. And actually, they go to churches sometimes that, that they never hear it. But you need to know that God is your healer tonight. Amen? So turn over to uh, Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, verse, we're going to look at verse 1. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1. Now, Pretty much every major theologian 
that is worth anything, they all agree that Isaiah 53 describes what has been given to us through the cross of Christ. They, they, it literally, they will agree on that. That Isaiah 53, we call it the great redemptive chapter. It starts out by saying, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Who hath believed our report? In other words, the word of God must be your final authority. Because the arm of the Lord, that's the manifest presence and power of God. How are you going to experience the manifest presence and power of God if you don't believe the report? In other words, right? So this is very important. When you stand up and go, I'm going to believe the report, I'm not believing anything else. It says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Now we know this is talking about Jesus. And as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. And we esteemed him not. Wow. Do you know that God's word will literally eclipse every symptom that comes against you when his word is in your heart and it's just and you water it, it just grows. It says here, surely, surely. That Hebrew word means without a doubt. Very strong in the Hebrew language. He hath born. Hath. Past tense. Without a doubt, he bore something. This means to bear away as a punishment. To bear something away as a punishment. And that something that he's bearing away, this Hebrew word means that it is never to be found again. So when he bore it away, he took it to where you can't find it ever again. Surely he has borne our griefs. Our griefs. It's the Greek word koli. If I wanted to go into this, I could take you through scripture after scripture in the Old Testament. The word koli is translated in this verse, griefs. Everywhere else, it's translated sickness, physical sickness and disease. Everywhere else. It talks about physical sickness and disease. Remember, a translation is only as good as the language, the knowledge of the language that the translator has, which the King James translators had a great knowledge of the language, but it also depends on what they think about God. And these translators, they just, it just was like, it, this can't be saying this. Surely he hath borne, carried away to never be found again, our sicknesses and diseases. 
Why, why would a translator think there's no way that that's true? Well, because grandma so-and-so and, my, and, and, and I knew this person that loved God and died of sickness and disease, and, right? In the same way why we deal with this today. But nevertheless, the scriptures are saying, surely, without a doubt, he hath borne and carried away as a punishment something that was never to be found are physical sicknesses and diseases. And it says, and he carried, carried, carried. Hebrew word sabal. He carried. This means he bore it as a penalty. He carried our sorrows. Our sorrows. This is the Hebrew word makab. Everywhere else in the Old Testament, this Hebrew word is used. It always means physical pains. Always. But here, it was translated sorrows. Why? Because, well, now wait a minute. This is, there's no way, this translator's going, there's no way that this is saying that Jesus bore and carried all of our sicknesses, all of our diseases, and all of our pains away as a punishment to a place where they would never be found again. However, I'm here to tell you that's exactly what it says. So tonight, if there is any symptoms in your body, they have no legal right in your body because you belong to God. You are his. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus bore it already. Right? Isn't that good news? It says here, Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Now what I want you to see is you see this over and over. When it talks about redemption, it lumps in sin, transgressions, sickness, disease. It all lumps it in together because just as much as he, he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. The chastisement, the restraint of our peace was upon him. In other words, everything that we were that kept the peace of God from coming to us was placed on him. So now the peace of God is to be on us. And look at this, and with his stripes, we are healed. Now you've got to get real excited about this. Surely he, past tense, bore our sicknesses and diseases. And hath, past tense, carried our pain. He was, past tense, wounded for our transgressions. He was, past tense, bruised for our iniquities, 
the chastisement of our peace was past tense upon him and then all of a sudden it changes and with his stripes we are present tense healed wow why 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 are healed because in the hebrew language this is an all inclusive blessing continual blessing for all men for all time that's why just as he was the god that healed them he is today the god that heals you and i with his stripes we are healed isn't that good news man pastor that's really good preaching i know i can't take any credit for it this is just what it says right Wow. So, let's go to Matthew chapter 8. Because we have a very incredible thing here. We have the Holy Spirit's commentary on Isaiah 53. I love this. It's almost as if the Holy Spirit knew that this doctrine, that this truth would be attacked. Now remember, it's truth right this is the word of god it's truth so matthew chapter 8 verse 17 or verse 16 it says when the evening was come they brought unto many they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils and he cast out the spirit with his word and healed all now this is very important he healed how many? All. all. He healed all that were sick. Why? That it might be fulfilled. That's a little vague in English. In the Greek, it would read like this. That the fulfilling might begin. He healed all that were sick that the fulfilling might begin. Which was spoken, it says, by Isaiah. That's the Greek rendering of the Hebrew name Isaiah. Right? The prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sorrows and griefs it doesn't say that does it he's quoting isaiah 53 here and the holy spirit saw fit to use the word sicknesses why because coley and macabre mean physical sicknesses and diseases and all of the pains that are associated with them isn't that amazing Jesus, now it says, I love this, verse 16. I hope you get stirred. Or verse 17, it says himself. That means on that cross, Jesus hung. They didn't kill him. He laid his life down. It's just like the high priest in the Old Testament. You know the song, The Blessing? 
the Lord bless you and keep you, the, make his face shine upon you and be gracious. Unto you. The high priest would stand with his arms out like this, and he would have the name of God in his, in his hat, in his headgear, and then he would have all the names of the children of Israel, and he was standing in between. He would stand in front of them and pronounce the blessing upon them. And here's Jesus, arms stretched wide, and he goes, bring it. And all the Bible says in Romans that every sin was once and for all condemned in his body. All sickness, all disease. It said to look upon him, Isaiah said, his visage, his countenance, he didn't even look human. It was beyond a beating. The weight and judgment, he was standing there. He stood in the gap. This is what this is talking about. He himself bore it. And he took it to a place where it will never be found again. And Satan is operating illegally, putting sickness and disease on the children of God, and he has no legal right, and we have to say no. No more. Now this is very important. This is huge. So now let's go into another scripture. Let's go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2 in verse 24. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Now this is Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he is looking back at what was done. So he says here, whom his... Now, now he says... This was Holy Spirit breathed, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. So, your sins, did he bear them? Yes. yes. Okay? Is that, that's what this is saying right here. It says here that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. This word healed literally means made whole. Do you know how many people are trying to get what they already have? Don't, don't try to, don't beg God, please come heal me. No, he's done everything he'll ever do. There's nothing else to do. It's just, this is all you have to do to receive your healing because it's already yours. You, it's, you own it. You just have to just grab it and say, it's mine. That's how come the Bible says whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Desire, it literally means to call for, to require, to make a demand for because he's already given it to you. It's already paid for. Your healing is already paid for. Boy, believe that. we got to preach that more. 
Hallelujah. By whose stripes you were healed. So now let's jump back. Let's go back to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Hallelujah. Talks about the benefits. This all fits. Man, I could preach this for hours and go scripture after scripture after scripture and we're just scratching the surface. So now verses 1 through 5, in the Hebrew language, the closest thing that I would say is this is like a present participle in English. In other words, this is not only what God has done, but it's what God is presently doing and performing right now. Okay? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all all, plural, his benefits. Benefits. Here's a benefit. Who forgives how many of your iniquities? All of them. All your iniquities. Who healeth, here's another benefit. All, does it say all in your Bible? All of your diseases. Again, it's talking about redemption and it lumps in forgiveness of sin and healing. It's all the same. In the same way that Jesus died for your sin, he also bore your sicknesses and diseases and carried your pain. In other words, he redeemed you. He forgave all your iniquities. He healed all of your diseases. Isn't that amazing? All of your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. So let's, let's look at it in, in the Hebrew language. It would read like this literally. The one who is constantly redeeming, constantly redeeming your life from destruction and decay. Wow, that's a benefit. He's constantly doing it. So keep the switch of faith turned on. God, you said it. And I believe it. You said it, so it's done. So you said it. Guess what? Hebrews tells me, hold fast to the profession of your faith. So that means, God, you said it. I believe it. Therefore, I'm going to say it. Right? God, you said it, I believe it, you said it, it's done, so I'm going to save it, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to receive it. Yes. You don't have to do it, it's already done, but I'm going to say it, because I believe it too. In other words, I'm going to believe it and say it, and I will receive it and walk in it. Can it be that simple? Yes, because it's not about you and I, it's about what Jesus did. This is, this is, man, I'm telling you, the light is beginning to go on. Where people are going to start laying hold of things. And this world is going to start to see the glory of God that they haven't seen. The glory of God shining out of healed bodies. Shining and changed and transformed lives. Guys, it says that they came to hear and to be healed. It says 
They, they, they came and they heard him for they saw the miracles. Miracles is always the calling card. So it might as well start with you. Man, do you have anything in your body that would be a great miracle for it not to be in your body anymore? Man, I couldn't see out of this eye and now I do. I couldn't hear and now I do. My finances were a disaster and now they're not. My family was a mess and now, man, we're whole. It says here, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Here's a big one. Here's a big benefit. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. In other words, one of the benefits is the mighty Holy Spirit who is your guide. He's your teacher. He's your strengthener. How does he teach you? How does he strengthen you? How does he guide you? He brings revelation of the word of God to your heart, how does he do that? As you speak it. When you get in a situation, what do I do? I'm believing God for something. What do I do from the time I believe that I receive until I actually see it in my body? Don't worry about that. He will satisfy your mouth with good things. He'll tell you what to confess all the time. All the time. So we get rid of the distractions so that we're conscious of that. You are not going to be a world overcomer. As you're sitting there tonight, you already are. Wow. It's amazing. And, and see, he satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Well, pastor, I'm, I'm not a youth anymore. Did you know, you didn't know that you could be old and you still have youth. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? We have a picture of it. Moses is a type of a Christian. And he was 100, why, why was he 120 years old? His eyes were not dim and the Bible says his vigor, his youthfulness never left him. Now, 120 years old, he probably looked 120 years old. But God told him, go climb a mountain and die. Hey, Mo, come on, dude. You're 120. I know. You got you to come die. He's like, yes, sir. Can we do it down here? No, just climb the mountain. Have you ever climbed a mountain? Man, I remember the summer before I was a sophomore in high school, I grew up in Illinois. And I went to this Bible Baptist church, and then after my freshman year, in this one town in Illinois, I moved to Decatur, Illinois, and, and, and the Bible Baptist church gave me a, a, a scholarship to go to the summit. It was a Christian camp in Manitou Springs in Colorado. So it was, I mean, if you live in Illinois, Illinois is a lot like this table. It's completely flat. There are no, there's not even hills. So all of a sudden, I'm on an airplane. I'm like, man, this is the coolest thing. And then all of a sudden, I see mountains. And I'm an athlete, so I'm like, you know, uh, I'm preparing for basketball, so I'd always, you know, so I'm thinking, I asked them at the camp, hey, can I go running in the morning before we start everything? And they're like, yeah, sure. So I go running about a half a block, and I'm like, whoo. Why? Because I've never been up that high. And then, they, then they're like, we're going to hike to the top of Pike's Peak. I'm like, yeah, 15,000 feet. I remember walking. 
I'm like this teenager. I'm like, oh, you know, 10 steps and you're just kind of sitting down. And here comes this 65-year-old guy with a number on his shirt running the Pike Peak Marathon, running by me. I'm like, when you climb a mountain, that air gets... Moses was 120 and he climbed the mountain. Caleb was 85 and he climbed the mountain and he conquered the, the most fierce tribe in the whole of the promised land. And he said, I can fight better or I can fight the same at 85 that I could when I was 45. Why? Because his youth was renewed like the eagles. Let's go to, we're here, let's go to Psalm 107. If you go to Psalm 103, I think it's a rule. You have to go to Psalm 107, verse 20. It says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Has he changed? No. He's still our ever-present help in the time of need. He's still our healer. He's still our peace. He's still our victory, right? He's all of these things. He sent his word. So what are we talking about? I want you to go to a scripture that you've probably read before. Go to John chapter 17 in verse 17, just in case you think that I might be making this stuff up. Now, I'm joking with this group. John 17, 17 but I'm telling you, there's a lot of revelation that we need in this verse. John 17, verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Basically, you could say, Father, because your word is truth. You've got to know that. This is truth. Truth is not what you think it is. Truth does not change with circumstances. Nothing changes truth. God's word is unchangeable. So everything that we have read, you can't change the fact that Jesus bore your sickness and he carried all your pain. It's unchangeable. It's a truth. It's truth. This is why the world comes so against absolute truth. But this is absolute truth. Yes, it is. Would you agree with that? Yes. Thy word is truth. So here's the big key. Go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Hallelujah. Verse 31 then said Jesus to those Jews that believed on him, he said, if, if you continue in my word, well, what is the word? Truth. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free wow so in other words being free has everything to do with knowing truth and knowing truth only comes if you continue in the word of god so i guess the question would be okay so is this for everyone 
Yes. So let's get some scripture on that. Let's go to Psalm 86. Let's start in the Old Testament. Jump back there, go to Psalm 86, verse 5. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, God is so good. Don't you love his word? I love his word. Look at this. Psalm 86, 5. For thou, Lord, art good. This is truth now. And ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all, all, all them that call upon thee. This is who God is. Now, knowing the connection between forgiveness and healing, forgiveness and healing are always connected. Always. The reason why we can be healed today is because we've been forgiven. Right? Healing. But it says that, that everyone that would call upon him, he's ready to forgive and he's good. Wow. So let's go to Matthew chapter 18. Let's go here and look at another scripture along these same lines. Matthew chapter 18. I think it's around verse 14. Let me double check. It is verse 14. Look at this. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. It is not his will that anybody perish. Okay? He... He's ready to forgive everyone who calls. He's ready to show mercy. Do you know what healing is? Mercy. It's a mercy. So it says God doesn't want anyone to perish. Now go to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3 in verse 9. Hallelujah. Just give me a few more minutes here. 2 Peter chapter 3. In verse 9. Hallelujah. Look at this. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants everyone to come to a place of repentance. What does that mean? To repent means to change your mind, your will, and your purpose. That's literally what it means. So now let's go to the last scripture along these lines. Go to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2 in verse 4. You guys know this one. 1 Timothy chapter 2 in verse 4. Hallelujah. Remember, tonight we're not educating you. We're equipping you. Amen? 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. Look at this. Talking about God our Savior, He is the God who would have all men to be saved 
and come unto the knowledge of the truth. God wants everyone to be saved. Saved. Do you know that's the Greek word sozo? S-O-Z-O. That's the Greek word, sozo. This Greek word means God is the God who wants all men to be delivered. He wants all men to be protected. He wants all men to be healed. Physical healing. He wants all men to be preserved. And he wants all men to be made whole. He wants them all healed. He wants them all made whole. And he wants them all to come unto the knowledge of the truth. God does everything. Everything that God has done, he has done so that you and I would know him. And he wants you to know him as your healer. Those of us who are living in this time, those of us who are of the final days church, those of us who are getting very close to going from faith to sight, those of us who are in this world but we're not of this world, God wants you healed. He wants you well. He wants you strong. He's not mad at you. He's not, right? He's not out to get you. He wants you to walk in everything that he's given you. He has got you. He's got you present and he's got your future. So don't get distracted and just live. Live in him. Keep your eyes on him. Amen?